On this episode of Money with Friends, should you give your teenagers a credit card? Why some experts say the answer is a big yes in capital letters. And how can you decide what's right for the teens in your life? Plus, we have our amazing and brilliant guest co-host, Danielle Town, author of Invested and also co-host of the podcast by the same name with her dad, Phil Town. That and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebell, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And I'm Danielle Town coming to you from my very grown-up investing office in Zurich, Switzerland. All right. This is the show. This is the money news show, I should say, that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. People like Danielle Town. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. And now we do it for you six days a week, all in about stressing about. We're working on about 15 minutes. This episode of Money with Friends is sponsored by Tiller, your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated each day. Go to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Tiller for a free trial, two month trial, by the way, and to support the show. Oh my God, this is Danielle's second to last show. Ah, Do you remember your first show like it was yesterday, Danielle? It was like yesterday. And uh, yeah, I love this show. I love chatting with you. I can't wait to get into it today. Well, now you'll be part of our alumni group. And uh, that's a very, very uh, prestigious and elite and select group that you'll be leading. <laughs> it is. Genuinely, it is. I'm proud to be part of it. Let's see which one of our friends is going to kick off the show. This is Bethany from the Money Millhouse. P.E. ratios? Stock purchase plans? Federal Reserve meetings? We must be getting ready for another episode of Money with Friends. Okay, the headline is, give your teenager a credit card? Some financial experts say yes. And it comes to us from the New York Times in a story by Ann Carnes. Danielle, kick it off. Giving a teenager a credit card may seem a risky proposition, but finance experts say it can be a helpful educational step with proper limits. Children under 18 can't apply for credit in their own name, but they can piggyback on their parents' cards, whether by informally borrowing the cards or having parents officially add them as authorized users with their own cards. Young adults 18 to 20 can obtain their own credit cards only if they can show that they have enough income or an older adult co-signs with them. They can also be added as authorized users on a parent's account. Recent findings suggest that some parents embrace the idea of credit cards for their children. In a report that T. Rowe Price published this year, 17% of parents of children ages 8 to 17 said their offspring had credit cards. This week, Junior Achievement USA published a survey of 1,000 teenagers that found that while they most often received cash from their parents, about a quarter had used a parent's credit card to buy something online. Two-thirds said they had a bank account, and a little under one-third of those respondents also had a credit card. And by the way, we're skipping around a little bit in this article. One benefit of having your teenager use a credit card is that consumer protections against fraud are generally more robust for credit cards than for debit cards, according to the Privacy Rights Clearinghouse. That makes credit cards less risky to use at certain locations, like gas pumps, where they may be subject to skimming fraud that steals account 
numbers. So one less thing to worry about when your teenager fills up the tank. Co-signing for a card for older teenagers can help build their credit file because card companies report their payment history to the major credit bureaus. The Card Act of 2009 made it more difficult for adults under 21 to obtain credit cards, partly in response to aggressive marketing of cards on college campuses. So eventually, when they are on their own, they may qualify for more favorable interest rates on car loans and other credit. But beware, as a co-signer, you are legally responsible for the account and your own credit may suffer if your teenager overspends or doesn't pay the bill on time. I do not. That's a big one. Did you? All right, Dish. So a lot of people know uh, Danielle's father is Phil Town. So tell us what happened. Well, so I didn't have a... I'm surprised, first of all, that it's 17% uh, of parents of kids up to 17 because that actually seems kind of low to me. But that said, I didn't have a credit card, I don't think, until I went to college. I remember, like, I think they would just sort of hand me a card and then they wanted it back when it was done when I was a teenager. Right. But when so I there weren't re- real good controls if they just let you, if the merchants just let you run through your parents' credit card. But okay. Right? I know. Well, I, I, this was like 20 years ago. So um, when I went to college, I was traveling alone for the first time, really. And so I remember my dad saying you should have a card so that if you get stuck somewhere overnight or something, you can go get a hotel room. And, uh, and then also just for some random stuff that I needed at school. So I finally got a credit card and what I remember about the thing where I didn't, they didn't pay the bill was I think it was before I had gotten one in my name and I had my dad's card for something and I hadn't used it for a long time. And then I used it for something. I bought like, I don't know, something at the gap, let's say like it was something very innocuous and I didn't tell him about it. Cause I just mm. didn't really think about it. Cause it wasn't an expensive thing. And like six months later he goes, did you buy something at the Gap and not tell me? And I said, yeah. Oh. And he said, you have to tell me because I don't look at that um, credit card statement unless I know I bought something because it was a card <gasps> he didn't use very much. Ooh, so uh-oh. He had like, gotten the bill in the So now he he's not paying the bill. He just knew he hadn't bought anything. Oh, my goodness. So he didn't pay the bill for like six months. So there was a huge interest fee and I think he called them and explained it and they luckily didn't put it on his credit. He was very mad Mm. at me. So I always think of that now when I uh, use a card that I haven't used in a while, like, Oh, I have to remember that. I Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think one thing, we'll get to some audience comments in a minute because our audience is, is nicely active today. But one thing that has a lot has changed since those days. And one of them is that now they have a lot of um, ways that they encourage you to put your kids on credit cards. So we have a family card in my family so that we've taught the older kids here um, how to use credit cards. And we, we are regularly checking it, Danielle. But we yeah. can actually see a breakdown in the monthly bill of who spent what on what. So we actually rather than have cash and we don't really know it's self-reporting or not reporting at all, we can see that, you know, this one went to this restaurant or this one went to Walmart and spent this much money or whatever it may be. So it's actually become a tool for teaching kids about money, um, which is ironic because it's now harder, as we learned in the article, it's harder to get a credit card when you're under 21 if you're not on your parents' card. It used to be, I mean, I think I got my first credit card. I don't really remember that well, but I think it's when I went to college. They were just very aggressive in the marketing, as they say in the article. You got, you know, you got like a free Frisbee or something if you signed up. Whatever it was, 
And so we all signed up for credit cards and didn't really think about it. But when you arrived freshman year to move into your dorm, they were there to sign you up for the various credit cards that all had, they probably had discounts at the campus bookstore or things like that. So there were um, enticements to do that. But yeah, I remember that too. And I didn't even, despite having used them a few times, obviously, since I didn't even know I was supposed to tell my dad about it, I didn't really understand how credit cards worked. And I remember I got one of those applications in the mail and I said to my dad, like, should I get this? I don't know. And he said, oh, yeah, you probably should to start to build your credit. And I said, what does that mean? I mean, I had no clue. They had never talked to me about that stuff. So he explained to me what credit was and that if you build it and and what building is, is paying your bill every month and making sure that you actually like borrowing is a little bit good because you can get your credit score going and just all of these parts of the financial world that I had no idea about. I'd never heard of a credit score before. And you guys so, learn from Phil town. Yeah. And I think it's, um, I think it's a great way as you're doing Bobby to teach your kids just kind of how the financial world works at its basis, that these things are important. We do this show live in front of a Facebook audience, and we have some comments that we want to share. So this comment is from Ray, and he says his first credit card was 33 years ago when he was 21. I don't think I've ever paid interest. I'm one of the lucky ones. The landscape has changed since then. I think kids need to know about credit cards today. I agree with that because also, even though most places do still take cash, the reality is that a lot of our transactions do take place over credit, and, and credit does allow for these financial literacy tools. So many apps that we can use to teach young people or for them to teach themselves about money management do function on the fact that these purchases have to come through an electronic system. And budgeting is easier, actually, when you use your card. I don't know if you find that, but when I use cash, I forget that I bought something and I don't usually input it into my budgeting software. But if it's on my credit card, then it just automatically feeds in. And then I know that what category it was and that I spent it. I agree with that. It gives you the information. But there are people that feel that if they have a set amount of cash, for example, some people use a cash envelope system, that that will prevent the spending in the first place. And they might be using just a, you know, a piece of paper to write everything down, a little notebook. So that, you know, retro works too. It's whatever works with you. Kevin is here. He says, first credit card, age 23, after college, six months, zero interest does not mean no payments required. <laughs> yes, that is a good That's lesson. That's a great point, Kevin. <laughs> Even though we do this live in front of a Facebook audience, we do want to include those of you that can't always make the live taping. So we've been posting these stories um, on our Instagram at moneyfriendspod. That's at moneyfriendspod and on the stories part of Instagram. And so we did a quick poll before the show to see um, what you guys had to say. And so far, we asked people if they had a credit card as a teen. And well, actually, I posted it two places. On my feed, Bobby Rebel one we had, let's see. 20% did have a credit card. They said charge to do you have a credit card as a teen. And then 80% said cash was king. And then on the Money Friends pod, it was actually 100% um, when I checked just a minute ago that said that they that cash was king. So credit cards for mm -hmm. our audience growing up were not that common overall. Danielle, you have some of the comments that people left about what they thought about teens getting credit cards that they left us on our Instagram. Yeah, my favorite one is just says, bad idea, exclamation point. <laughs> Another one is, sure, it builds trust. If they overspend, they pay for it. I like that one too. Um, 
Another one is it's a need to learn the budget and to manage cash before you can give them that responsibility. So people have different varying methods. Yeah. And we have a couple, I'll read a couple more here. Um, you know, a mix. One person said, this is a millennial money guide said, I think they should demonstrate some level of financial responsibility first. And then we have another one that says, what a great way to teach budgeting. So I think overall, there's a lot of interest in it, even though the audience that answered the poll, for the most part, did not have credit cards growing up. I think there's an openness to the benefits, especially because as you point out, when you charge something on a credit card, you see where it went. So there can be a discussion following, was that a good purchase? Yeah. In the article, just to go back to that, they have some questions and answers. And one of them is, how can I tell if my teenager is ready for a credit card? And the answer is, if your child asks about credit or seems curious when you use a credit card, that's a good time to start a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I like that because, again, it's about learning about credit and what that means and what taking out a loan from this card means rather than it's easy money that you never have to pay back, which is what some people tend to think about them. We have a question from Kimberly. Um, At what point do you remove them from the account, though? And that's actually answered in the article. It says, when should young adults make the transition to their own credit card accounts? And in this piece in the New York Times, it says, parents should talk with their child in advance about when the financial apron strings will be cut, said Paul Siegfried, Senior Vice President of Credit Card Business Leader at the Credit Bureau TransUnion. He said, quote, have an exit strategy. Each family will have its own approach, but a reasonable deadline may be that authorized user status will be revoked three to six months after the child graduates from college or gets a full-time job. So that is your answer, Kimberly. Basically, three to six months after the child graduates from college or gets a full-time job. Um, Let's see if we can do one more comment before we get to our takeaways. We have... um, Jane here. And Jane says, I got my first credit card the summer before I went to college from my local credit union. My parents had to co-sign because my summer job was only 90 days or so. And that was a requirement for that $1,000 limit. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think a lot of people, and it's said in the article, you have to have a parent co-sign unless you make a certain amount of money. Um, So that way they know that they're not entrusting it to a untrustworthy 18 year old. All right, let's, you know, before we get to our takeaways, we need to talk about, you know, we've been talking about how great credit cards are for tracking. And one of the things that you can do with our sponsor Tiller is you can track all of your spending, which is super important to actually know what you are spending and then make proactive decisions about what you want to do about it. Or maybe it's cool. Maybe you, you might discover if you use Tiller that you have excess money that you can put in your discretionary fund fund fund. How would that be? That sounds great. All right. Money with friends is brought to you by Tiller. You can manage your money 10 times faster in a spreadsheet with Tiller and don't let those spreadsheets fool you because even though, I mean, I can find spreadsheets intimidating, you can customize these. So it makes it a lot more personal and something that's going to be a lot more appealing to most people because you can really make it your own. And Tiller makes it easy because they have an automatic daily feed of your spending, your balances, your transactions. So you don't have to do data entry. You don't have to have a lot of different logins. You just connect your banks once to see your transactions automatically updated each day. So it's set it and forget it. 
Go to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash tiller for more info and a free two-month trial. And a reminder that it is on the Stacking Benjamins website because Money with Friends is part of the Stacking Benjamins family of podcasts. Did I do that okay, Danielle? I think that was a good tie into today's story, actually. I'm intrigued by Tiller. I know, I know. You know, you always win by being more organized with your money. There's literally no downside to that. And it's definitely bound to save you money because just the numbers don't lie. It's the truth. If you have it, like, well, it's like we were talking about. If you have cash, there's no, unless you're really good, and some people might be, unless you're really good with that little notebook and keeping track and keep all your receipts. uh, Yeah. Danielle, for those of you who are not watching it, Danielle's doing the eye roll because that's probably not that realistic for a lot of people. I can't do it. No. And even the, uh, the automatic stuff, I often don't check up on it, but the worst part, and this is why I think it's awesome to have it like on a spreadsheet and clearly done because you know, like when you have to do your expense reports at the end of the month or like as a lawyer, I always had to put in my billable hours. And if you wait till the end of the month, it's torture and it takes you an entire day. But if you keep up with it, it's no big deal. Exactly. Money tracking is like if you keep up with it, and especially mm-hmm. if you've automated software to help you, yes. then it really is no big deal. Because no one ever said, Oh, I don't want to go out to dinner tonight. I want to stay home and reconcile my finances. <laughs> or at least I never did. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. And by the way, one final comment from, from Ray pointing out something that I just I want to add because it's it's very important. Um, he says he still has that first card. It really helps your credit score. Once they open a card, they should keep it open forever. I mean, it's true because the length of your credit history. I've even heard that if you go onto a parent's card and the parent's history, it could even be from before you were born. In many uh, measurements, they'll sometimes keep that credit history. So your credit history will go back to maybe if your parents were started their credit in the 1970s and you get on your parents' credit card, you could have a credit history that goes back that far. Oh my gosh. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Could. Not 100%, but could. All right. Takeaways. Danielle, you're up. Um, all right. So uh, for me, this is, an, this is a great way to talk about what credit is with kids. And it's a, it's a loan from the credit card company. And to understand that that's a loan that you have to pay back and what interest is and that high interest can really cost a lot of money. And possibly if you wait too long, really hurt your future. If it's low interest, it might be worth it. So just learning how that financial world works with loans, with building credit, and that eventually you might want to get a different kind of loan, for example, for a house, and how this credit that you're building with a card can contribute to that in the future. So it's a great way to just explain kind of how things work financially. My takeaway is it is never too early to talk about money. Credit cards are a reality in our world. Starting the discussion in a way that it normalizes their use is a great teaching tool. Separate their charges each month and show them the breakdown. Maybe have them pay a percentage by handing you actual cash so they can really see the impact. Great reason to have a monthly check-in on learning about budgeting and spending. And that is why you are the expert in families and budgeting and financial grown-upness, because that's such a good point. Well, I I think I'm the expert in trying to figure it out. I'm the expert in trying to figure it out. Every day is a new day and a new challenge. So we're constantly working on that. Um, But Danielle, I think you made some amazing points here. And I think that um, our audience did as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, the audience was fantastic. Thanks, guys. Yes, and make sure to please, uh, first of all, thank you guys all for your reviews that you've left. Please leave some new ones, especially when we have this new format. We really appreciate the feedback. And uh, follow us on the socials at Money Friends Pod 
on Instagram and on Twitter and make sure to leave your comments. Look for uh, the stories that we're going to be talking about ahead of time so you can be part of the show even if you can't join us on Facebook Live. Bye, everyone. Bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Our engineer is Caden Thompson. And for a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with a real episode of Money with Friends.